is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline. I have a new episode with my friend Marisa coming up today. But first, let's chat 2021, which will be here in like a week and a half. So I tend to get a burst of motivation and a burst of energy towards the end of the year because my birthday is at the end of the year, December 30th, just so you know. Um, but this year has really been different. Um, I've been pretty motivated and consistent all year long. Even with this giant mess of the year, a lot of pivoting, a lot of changes, I've been pretty consistent in what I'm doing in my life, in my career, and with my health. Um, but I, that wasn't always the case. I really, I remember what it used to feel like, um, constantly starting and stopping, like feeling like anytime something in life didn't go perfectly, it would ruin my plan and I was not consistent with things. And I would start and stop exercise plans, start and stop running, eating healthy. Um, I used to struggle to do this, the two at the same time. And I would just feel just really frustrated with myself, like having a lot of you know, Jacqueline, what's wrong with you conversations and thinking that there was something fundamentally wrong with me. Um, and then thinking that, you know, just, just beat yourself up, just be mean to yourself, that, that must be the solution. And it never worked. It turns out being mean to yourself isn't a good way to help yourself become a better person. But I want to tell you the, the way that I became a consistent person, the way that I have been pretty motivated all year long. And that is by showing up for myself every single day, every single morning, showing up for myself. Even when that little voice in my head is like, ah, you don't really have to do this today. You don't have to do this. You know, you deserve, you deserve a break. You deserve some relaxation. I remind myself like, actually I do need to show up. Showing up is the thing that helps me um, do my day, helps me function, helps me be the person that I want to be. And showing up for myself every single morning is the thing that I have done the system that I've implemented for myself that it has helped me transform my life and really the work that I do with clients. And so I want you to know that that life is also available to you. You are deserving and you are worthy of having a life where you feel energized, where you feel happy, where you feel fit, like you can move in your body and you just feel good. You are deserving and you are worthy of having that life. Even if you don't truly believe right now that it is available to you, um, learning to believe that it can be your life is like the first thing to get yourself moving towards that life. So I want to chat. I want to chat about your 2021 Let's chat about your 2020 looking into your 2021. So maybe you didn't stick with things this year. There's a lot, there was, it was a massive year, right? A lot of changes, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of our systems just thrown up in the air. Like, ah, oh, what are we going to do? Um, you don't want that for your 2021. So you need to make a change. You need to decide, Hey, I no longer want to experience this pain that I've experienced in 2020 or maybe my whole adult life. I don't want to experience this pain pain. And I'd like to experience this pleasure. I'd like to feel good in my body. I'd like to feel good in my head. Um, I'd like to feel happier with myself. There is only one way to create that, to create that life. And that is by showing up for yourself every single day. My program year of growth makes sure that you do show up for yourself. I'm going to help you Show up for yourself so you can feel energized, you can feel happy, so you can feel satisfied, so you can feel fit. You're going to improve the quality of your life and you're going to improve the, your trajectory, like where you're going, where you're going in 2021, 2022, 2023, on and on and on. It's going to improve where you're going in life. Year of growth is open now. I have call openings uh, before the holidays. Uh, you can schedule a call and you should schedule a call to make this life your reality. You can click the link in the show notes or you can go to imperfecteating.com slash yog2021, yog, that is Y-O-G for your growth, Y-O-G 2021. So that is imperfecteating.com slash Y-O-G 2021. We'll hop on a call, we'll chat about where you are right now, where you want to be, and we'll talk about how to create a plan that is going to get you to the place that you want to be. Um, click the link in the show notes to schedule a call. I will chat with you soon. Let's get on with today's show with Marisa. Chat soon. All right. Today on the podcast, I have my friend Marisa May. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is round two. I want to say it was like 
a year, two years ago. I don't know. It was a while. I think at least two years. Yeah. And, and if I remember correctly, I think we did that episode and it was really good and then it didn't record and then we yes! redid it. So actually I feel like it's round three. Yeah, you're right. And now I'm trying to think, I can't, I think that we recorded the podcast and then I met you in real life. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually might've been three years ago. Yeah. So that was season one. Okay. Well, this is great. Yeah. How are you doing? How are things going by you? Yeah, pretty good. I think, I mean, all things considered, right? We're all, we're all in this like funky, weird vortex of a world that we never wanted to be in, but here we are. So, uh, yeah, I think just accepting life as it is and trying to navigate, you know, self-employed, running a business, supporting other people in their health and, uh, through the winter and through, you know, that's really, I think it's a similar where you are is like the days are really short. They're you, I think you get more sun than we get on the West Coast because it's oh, wow. uh, gray and, and rainy here a lot of the time. So the days are short and there's not a lot of like brightness. There's not, there's not this infusion of energy even midday. Um, so it can be a drag for people. But, you know, uh, it's going all right. Could be, could be way worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been calling it like 5 p.m. midnight because it's just like, <laughs> oh, oh, it's almost now. But now it's like 4.30 p.m. I was just going to say the sun actually sets here at 4.30. So <laughs> I thought maybe we ha- you had an extra half an hour on us. But yeah, but it's only a couple more weeks. And maybe by the time the podcast comes out, it will be like the latest or shortest day of the year. There, yes, there really is that light at the end mm-hmm. of the tunnel. <laughs> like Literally and figuratively, right? Yeah. 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 So, right. So this is crazy times, unprecedented times, whatever they say. So tired um, of that word. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to have you on and just kind of talk about, you know, how you're making things work because um, even in just talking with you, right? Like this is a shit show, but I always look to you as someone who's like, okay, she's got like this like wisdom and like, um, <laughs> I don't know what the word is just like, okay, like balance. Like she's like, okay, she's going to be able to figure it out. You are mm. someone that like someone can throw shit at and you're like, okay, well this sucks, but I'm going to figure it out. Um, yeah. Thanks. That's a compliment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so you're self-employed, you're working with clients. Um, people are stressed. How, how are you helping people navigate this stress during this time? What do you yeah. think? I think that, you know, it's been really interesting, especially in the beginning of COVID. I have a lot of clients that I work one-on-one with virtually, and we work on like nutrition uh, and and not more bigger than nutrition, like just healthy habit, health, healthy lifestyle change. And it, especially in the beginning when people haven't built these habits and they're used to like diets and like starting and stopping stuff. When COVID first hit, I was like, oh, here we go. I'm going to like all these clients, they're going to, they're going to bail, right? Because they haven't like their their tire tracks are very thin in this new lifestyle and it was so impressive to see all of my clients be like no i need the support i know that like this is so stressful i know this is what i need to be doing right now and i want to keep going through this crazy time so that was really cool to hear business aside just from like these people are ready mentally that you know you have to be be in the right space to be able to shift those habits and if if those people weren't in the right space that crunch of covid would have like sent them running so it was really cool to be like no i'm still here this is stressful let's figure it out and to your point of like that those are conversations that i had with my clients like okay the world is going insane right now, but if it wasn't COVID, maybe we wouldn't have something at this particularly heightened stress level, but there would always be something. There yeah. is always something. You can say, oh, I'll wait till this, I'll wait till that. There will always be something or some part of life hitting you sideways. It's just collectively as a global human experience, we felt it all together, which is rare. So it was really interesting to have those and continue to have those conversations with my clients around, okay, life isn't perfect. Things are not perfect now. How are we going to navigate this and find uh, elements of your life and find that you can shift, find some routine in this new life, find some normality in this life and really uh, stress to them. Hmm. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) How do we build in effective stress management techniques? Because if you're not, you can be at home and you can go for a walk or run midday and prep all your meals. But if you're stressed to the max from COVID, from life, from having your kids buzz around when you're trying to do a Zoom meeting, like A, you're not going to be able to do the other things effectively, but also you're not, it's not a balanced life. You're not going to get the results you want. It's just nobody wants to live in a high stress situation on a long-term basis. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's also accepting, there's been a lot of conversations with clients and also just a lot of like personal acceptance this year, but even in the past couple of years of like almost enjoying, or not enjoying is probably too strong of a word, but realizing the the ride of the roller coaster and mm-hmm. just being like, okay, here we go. We're like, you know, that down part is like really fast and your stomach drops and it's like horrible in some ways, but you know, it's short lived and you know, it's going to like slow down and then you're going to climb back up. So it's like learning to just be like, hold on and like, holy crap. Okay. And then once we get on that bottom bit, we'll like take a breath and then we'll like sort it out as we go back up and through the many waves of COVID and then people's regular life also interesting, right? Like life didn't stop, you know, relationship, people didn't stop fighting with their spouse or part, you know, parents didn't stop getting sick from other things outside of COVID or people lost their jobs or like, I've mentioned the additional stress of having kids at home or, you know, old habits of emotional eating. These things didn't stop. They got elevated even more so. So learning to find some sort of rhythm and routine amongst all that chaos has been really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we chatted about acceptance, like Mm -hmm. this, okay, this sucks. Okay. But here's our man. And just like, kind of like it gets rid of the resistance to like pretending like, Oh no, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. But it like, it grounds you like, okay, this is happening. I'm present in this moment. Now what can I do about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have conversations with my clients a lot about that. And you didn't, you didn't say this specifically, but I think what links into that is like kind of guilt or guilt usually comes around food. Like this happened and I feel guilty that this happened or, you know, it's almost like, or stress or whatever it is, is like, something in the past happened and we're attaching an emotion to it. And then we're like dragging it forward on a ball and chain, which serves us no purpose in the future. So what I like to tell my clients is like, they're frustrated about something they ate. They're frustrated about something in the past. I'm like, okay, you just park that with me, offload it, like give it to me. I will hold that for you. Now we will draw that line in the sand. And now what are we going to do going forward? Like there's no point pulling all of this crap forward. Just leave it here with me. And sometimes that like, that mental um, picture, I suppose, of them being able to like vent to offload and be like, okay, this is, I'm feeling really shitty about this stuff. I'm like, cool, let's hear it. And now what are we going to do about it? And don't keep pulling the emotions linked to what's happened in the past going forward. So yeah, you had a crappy day at work and you're super stressed and you took it out on your spouse and then everyone went to bed and you ate your brains out in the kitchen and like, okay, cool. That happened yesterday. So now what are some strategies going forward that we can implement? So next time you have a better toolbox to choose from, you have better options. So one thing I like to do with my clients is get them to sit down and brainstorm just a list of like three to five things that either they a currently do that help with stress or B maybe they like hear that other people do these things to deal with stress and they're not currently in their habits, but they're like, Oh, I don't know. I've heard taking a bath is good, (laughs) but you know, it's not something that they practice regularly, but they're like, that sounds like that would be relaxing. And it sounds so silly. Like, yeah, of course that's a stress relaxing thing. But if you like literally write it down and have a list of like, these are stress reducing activities, then when your stress is high, you can be like, okay, what are some other options? I mean, ideally you have these integrated into your life so you can sort of like deflate the stress bubble before it gets to a breaking point. But you know, if you haven't built that habit, then the the step before that, or, or I guess step after that is like, what, if, if I'm feeling that max, what are my go-tos? And if you haven't stopped and thought about it or made a list or, you know, I don't know, bought like an adult coloring book. So it's there. So you can like grab it and, and color in it a little bit or you know if you used to crochet a knit and you kind of like doing that but you don't have any yarn or needles in the house well go get them and have them there so if you don't think about what those things might be that would reduce your stress then how are you going to even integrate them into your life because if you wait until your stress levels are super high that's not the time that you're going to be making any sort of sound decision Right. So it's like having a menu of options. So when you get to, you're, you're not like racking brain, like, ah, what am I supposed to do during this mm-hmm. time? I'm try to figure out a solution. Like mm-hmm. it's already written out for you. Yeah. And like for me, and I like to advocate this for a lot of my clients is like for me running or walking, fresh air is a major stress reduction activity. So just before we started this podcast, I like snuck in a quick, like 20 minute run. And of course I would like to go longer and I would have liked to go faster and whatever, have all this time. But I was like, this is a window of opportunity in my day. I need fresh air. I need movement. I'm going to fit it in because that's my priority and had nothing to do with weight loss. It had nothing to do with burning calories, nothing to do with any sort of goal other than I need movement and I need fresh air. 
And so those, that's what I advocate for, but I also meet my clients where they're at. And if somebody doesn't have a habit of running, doesn't enjoy it or walking or whatever, I mean, I, I, I feel like there's ways to get someone to adapt to a habit around getting fresh air. But if that's not in their life and they really enjoy some of the more um, like at home kind of like stress reduction things, those are great too, as long as there's something, because I think often pe the two things that people go to reduce stress would be food a lot. That's a big emotional connection, which is like obviously a whole separate episode and deep. And it's probably like 18 episodes on emotional eating. Like, and then the other thing is like, oh, we've asked people what their stress reduction activities are. They say, oh, uh, watching TV or Netflix. And I would argue that that's not a great strategy. Um, it's okay sometimes, but as your only strategy, I would say that that's not a great one um, because you're just vegging out. Usually it comes with eating mindlessly. Um, and you're not, I don't know, it kind of feels like you're just sitting and taking in as opposed to doing something and like letting the stress or if you think about it as like something physical, letting it out. So yeah. you're not letting it, like if you're knitting, you're letting that energy out. If you're coloring, you're letting it out. If you're running, you're letting it out in movement. If you're baking, you're letting it out in the baking. But if you're just sitting in your stress and then taking TV in, I don't feel like there's an outlet for that energy. Yeah, no, I see it's the same thing with when you're, cons if you're consuming food, it's junk food. You're consuming junk food or you're consuming television. It's like junk television or whatever, but it's like mm -hmm. it's consuming instead of taking this energy and creating something. And it could be creating food or creating it, like going and running, doing something with the energy. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then it just sits there and like you're numb. That's all it does. Yeah. It numbs you. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that, it's interesting because I feel like maybe I have had this in my head, but I haven't articulated it in such a way right now. But I think that there is something really valid about putting almost like a physical characteristic around the stress and being actually talking about how I talk with my clients where I say like, you can park that with me. You can give that like offload those bo boxes yeah. of stress to me. It's kind of the same as like you have the stress on you and like, where can we put it? Where, what can, what vehicle can we put it in to like start to remove it from you? Um, and so, yeah, if you're just sitting, I don't feel like you're removing it. It's almost like you're just like, well, I just put a bandaid around this all and hope Netflix takes this away and we'll just start tomorrow fresh. <laughs> and it doesn't really, I don't think in the long term someone can push challenge me on that, but I don't believe it really is an effective tool in a, in a long-term strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When you were talking about the, the run, um, so I have never used running as, or exercise as stress relief. When I get when I get stressed, I get anxious and then I get sad and I just want to go lay down and sleep and like not do anything. Mm. And this week I was feeling a lot of anxiety in my chest and I could feel this tightness in my chest. And I wasn't, I didn't go running for that, but I went running and I was like, this is so interesting because now my chest is like focusing on breathing and I'm kind of like, you know, like I'm running and I'm losing my breath. And now it's like my mind got confused and it was like, oh, this is just, you know, you're your chest feels like this because you're running. Your chest doesn't mm. feel like this because you're anxious. And I was like, this is so weird that this is happening. So then the run was done and that tightness was gone. And it was just the feeling of like, oh, you went for a run. And I was like, well, shoot, this whole exercise for stress thing. Like, <laughs> exercise Valid. raising my heart rate. Like, okay, this is something that might actually be helpful, Jacqueline. Mm -hmm. I think, so in the past, I guess it's almost two years. I've had like a number of very low dips in my life, like divorce. Uh, I had a client pass away who I had to perform CPR on. And then COVID, uh, like small business owner living independently with like COVID, especially in the beginning when it was so uncertain and so scary. All three of those things I can think of in the past like 18 months were so intense at periods I would be like you. I was just lying in bed. Like I can't. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go for a run and I don't want to eat anything healthy. And luckily I have a pretty strong um, base habit. I call them like non-negotiables. Like at the end of the day, probably I would say six or eight o'clock, I stop and think like, did I drink water? Did I move my body and get fresh air? And did I eat vegetables? And if the answer is no to those by like six or eight o'clock, then it's like, guess what? Go pour yourself a glass of water go take the dog for a walk and make sure you have some vegetables at dinner. That's like, and if I check those, it's like, cool, 
great. And if I still feel crappy after that, then whatever, I feel crappy. You know, it's a down day. We all have them. But in the last year and a half, it's been really interesting where, you know, I get to five or six o'clock and I'm like, I feel like crap. And I think, and I'm like, I haven't been outside. I haven't gone for a walk. And, you know, with like COVID things shutting down or like just, you know, busy in my business, I'm working at home or whatever. It's like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been out. And so I would go out for a walk or go out for a run. And just as you express that it's, it's so, it's like that energy that I'm carrying around, I'm able to turn it into something else. And then also it's like the endorphin hit and things like that, that I always, always come back feeling better. And even if it ends up being just a 20 minute walk, it's just the fresh air outside in my lungs, change of scenery, the movement. It, I like, I swear by it. It's like so vital. And I think that it's, of course, some people suffer from severe anxiety and severe depression, which is beyond, you know, just going for a walk, like just go for a walk, you'll feel better. I understand that there's a different, there's another layer beneath that, but I would say for most people, it won't hurt. Mm-hmm. It won't, it shouldn't make it worse. Uh, you might need more support than that, but for a lot of people, it's going to make it better. Yeah. Yeah. A tidbit on that. I'm reading this book on cognitive behavioral therapy written by mm. um, a therapist. Um, and he has research to support exercise having as great an effect of uh, antidepressant or uh, for helping depression as taking medic- medication. And the long-term benefits of like, hey, you can continue on with exercise for the rest of your life. And it's like, you want to feel better, do the things that make you feel better. Oh, interesting. Ah, I want to be a person who's like happy and healthy. Do the things that a person is happy, who is happy and healthy does. Don't do the things that a depressed person does. So interesting. Mm -hmm. But everything you said, being outside, change of scenery, feeling fresh air, uh, feeling some sunlight, even though it's gray, the sun is there, (laughs) but like all of that are things that a happy, healthy person does. So do those things. Yeah. And it's interesting too. I think it links to like, obviously a lot of clients start working with me because they're like, Oh, I'm overweight. I want to lose weight. I want to feel better. It might not even be an aesthetic thing, but it's just like, I got to get my health under control and blah, blah, blah. So if you want to do that long-term, you need healthy habits that are going to support your life long-term. That's not, I'm going to do this fad diet for six weeks, lose 20 pounds, and then you're just cycling through that. So if you want long-term habits, then you need to look at movement beyond weight loss. You need to look at how do I integrate movement into my life on a regular basis. And so if you look to it to be an option to reduce stress, well, hey, guess what? Stress, life is stressful. This is, this is like, if you haven't figured that out yet, this is it. You know, COVID's not going to end and like, we're all going to go back to like skipping through fields of butterflies and rainbows. It's just before COVID. No, we weren't. Lots of people were stressed to the max. There was tons of mental health issues and a lot of people dissatisfied with elements of their lives or just feeling down or whatever, still there, you know? And I think that the more that we can think about what are some healthy ways that I can cope and deal with this and movement is a really strong one. Um, I think that there's never just one thing, you know, you can have a bunch of things. Um, but for lots of my clients, like just touching very slightly on the emotional eating piece is usually that happens in the evening. I think because people are busy with work and busy with like making dinner and dealing with the kids. And when they sit down to relax, they haven't dealt with that stress and what makes you feel better. Oh, food hits the like happy spot in my brain. So I want to feel better. I'm going to eat food, but you're not really like processing it, right? You're not, you're not giving an outlet for the stress to your point earlier, just like consuming and taking in. So often I'll tell my clients, like you can eat whatever you want, just go outside and go around the block. Like, and if you come back in and you still want to eat that, like eight chocolate bars, cool, eat them. But I bet you won't feel like it after a block or however long outside. Um, so it's a way to interrupt that habit pattern of like insert something you could do. I'm not saying you can't do something because as soon as you tell someone they can't do it, that's exactly what they want to do. So it's still on the table. You can have what four bags of chips, go for it, but you need to do a walk around the block first. And then when you come back in, if you still feel like it, you can have it. And nine times out of 10 people were like, okay, I realized that walk really felt better. And maybe I'm going to do something different. Maybe not, but usually. What happened in your life that you came up with these non-negotiables and you're like, like, Mm. like that wasn't right. Like that's not what you didn't have that. (laughs) Like, Oh, this is what we do. Like what, how did you come up with those? What was that? That's a good question. Um, 
I know I just, I do drink a lot of water and it's like, people know me, like my purse is always really heavy because I have a large water bottle in there at all times. I always have a water next to me. I go to bed with water. So I wake up, it's the first thing I drink. I think, to be honest, if I really think back, I'm not even sure how I built that water habit. I think I just decided to take sugary stuff out. And if you don't drink pop or juice, well, drink water. So it just kind of started that I always had water. So that one that one's pretty easy for me, but I also, I like to advocate it for my clients because a lot of people don't drink enough water and it is pretty accessible. Mm -hmm. And really at the end of the day, we just need a small win every day to keep us going. And so if you can just be like, my non-negotiable is water, that's it. You can probably get a check mark. You can get that win every day. And then for many people, that's enough momentum to be like, okay, I got to keep going. I can just, I can at the very least do this. It's, the whole day wasn't a wash. At least I drank water. Because when the whole day is a wash, then the whole week's a wash. Then the whole month is a wash. And then you're going to be like, okay, whatever, New Year's, New Year's resolution, I'll do this. But if you think like, no, it wasn't a wash, you did it. So uh, I think water is super accessible. The movement piece, I think... I think that I didn't, I think I was doing it a long time ago when I, when I got into running, because when I first got into running and I was in university running was a, I don't, I, now I can see it in hindsight, but I don't think I knew it in the moment, but I was using running to like process, like if I had to write an essay or something, I was kind of mm -hmm. like mentally thinking about it. I was like, okay, what are my arguments? How am I going to write it out? Blah, blah, blah. And then I would go home and like, you know, type out my essay. So I was using it as like a mental processing time, like me time. And then once I finished university and obviously didn't have those stupid papers to do, I still saw it as me time. And I wouldn't say it's until, I don't even know, the last 10 years or something that I realized how it just happened naturally. That I'm like, that's me time. It's not, I need to go lose weight time. I need to go burn calorie time. I need to like, I hate this, but I need to do this time. It's like, I, this is a gift I'm giving to myself. Mm. And then the older I got or get, the more I see people who, you know, and I train clients who through various injuries or life circumstances or whatever, they can't do the things they want to do. Or I've had friends pass away and stuff who used to run or used to hike. So I just look at it more as a gratitude piece. Like I get to do this. I get to give it to myself. I get to challenge my body because our bodies were made to move. They were not made to be sedentary and sit in front of a computer and sit in front of a TV. So I get to give this to my body and I get to take advantage of fresh air and beautiful scenery, or even if it's like ugly urban scenery, who cares? I get to do that. Whereas there's a lot of people who would love the opportunity to do that. So I feel like it's kind of selfish in a way to not take advantage of it if it's available. So I think that actually the water and the movement, I think just over time, like they, I think they became my non-negotiables without necessarily like specifically thinking about that. Yeah. Um, and then the veggie piece, I just, I, I know myself, but everyone, most people don't eat enough vegetables. Like we load up on carbs because carbs are filling carbs are temporarily filling. Um, that's just the way North American society and nutrition and diets have kind of been focused around. But I, if I can eat more vegetables, there's a lot of macro micronutrients that are in those vegetables that my body needs. And it's just such an easy baseline. It's not like, Oh, did I get, I don't know, you know, 30 macros of fat and 28, like, you know, some of these diets where it's so yeah. calculated, it's yeah. just so much easier to be like, Hey, it's six o'clock. Did I eat vegetables today? I very quickly can scan back in my head on the past 12 hours and be like, shoot, I didn't. I had yogurt and fruit for breakfast and I had, I don't know what, some soup for lunch or whatever. And I'm like, yep, that's vegetables. So I think that they just happen naturally, but because I can see that this is a habit pattern that really works for me to make it so simple and so doable to just kind of get easy checks in the day. It's something that I uh, coach my clients on and they don't have to have the same non-negotiables. For me, this is what works. But for another client, it might be non-negotiable is like bed at 10 o'clock, like hard line. Needs yeah. to be in bed by 10 o'clock because have to get up at five o'clock. That's seven hours of sleep. We'll be grumpy as all hell if does not get seven hours of sleep. That is a non-negotiable. Yeah. So everyone is different. You know, some clients, it might be yoga because they're just they need that balance in their life. So uh, I encourage my clients just as I ask them to come up with their own stress management strategies. And then I would give advice or my perspective. I ask them to come up with their own non-negotiables and then we can like chat through, I can give suggestions um, and, and go with that. I'm sure you have some too, probably in your life. Similar. Yes. <laughs> like pretty yeah. much the same. And, but you know what I love about we've had conversations about like macros and diets and whatever. And it's like, 
I would never want that for a young girl in my life. And right. Like I would never want a young girl tracking macros or like just weighing her food. Like I would never want that for her, but would mm-hmm. I want a young female in my life or, you know, a student or a niece or, you know, a client's kids, would I want them drinking water? eating vegetables, going outside and moving their body. Yes, of course. Having a bedtime so that they, you know, like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like those are lifelong habits that we would want for like, you know, our younger versions of ourselves. And we picture like the little five-year-old inside of us. I would want that for her. And if and when I'm 80 years old, those are things I would want for myself as well. Mm -hmm. Do I want to be weighing food or running and tracking my calories while I'm running when I'm 80 years old? No, like, no, that makes me cool. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I have a lot of clients who are moms, and so we'll have conversations, and their moms are very particular about their kids, right? They care about them immensely, and they care about what goes in their body, and they care about if they're on a sleep schedule, and they care about if they're getting fresh air. And so the conversations we have is like, why do you care so much about, I mean, I understand why they care, but think about how much you care about your child and these critical elements of their life. And are you putting any care or attention into those elements in your life? Like, why is it okay to you, for you to go to the coffee shop and have a latte and a cinnamon bun for lunch, but your child needs to have like organic vegetables and, you know, have their nap and make sure like they're not drinking like a bottle full of like sugary juice, but like you can go and do all this stuff. And like, isn't your body just as valid and important as your child's body? Mm-hmm. And then the other piece on the macro, and that's not, not to like downplay macros, but any sort of calorie counting or any of those like specific diets or that, that in my opinion, just take a lot of mental energy that like, wouldn't you be well, better served and wouldn't like society be better served if you could put that energy into something that really matters. Mm-hmm. So I just think if people can automate their, their health and nutrition, so it gets to the point where you don't have to put so much thought into it. And exactly. yeah, in the beginning, when you build habits, of course, there has to be intention yep. and thought, and it's a little bit harder to build a new habit, but once it's there, then you don't have to think about it. Right. So like my non-negotiables, it's like easy, boom, end of the day. Did I do these things? Uh, shoot. Okay. Big, big bowl of veggies and something else for dinner. But then it's like, I have this mental capacity that I can put into stuff that I love that, that I care about that then hopefully has a bigger impact in the world as opposed to like, I don't know, putting it into weighing and counting calories and all that. Right. Well, and going back to what the whole, like we've been talking about, like stress relief, like movement is stress relief, but like eating healthy should be a stress relief and not like add stress and mental energy or uh you think like to your day it shouldn't mm-hmm. it should be that thing that you can automate and be like oh how am i putting my plate together oh i think i've seen your post like half of the plate should have some vegetables that mm-hmm. is so easy to say and to do that yeah. doesn't take any thought it's like ah everything's yellow on here i need something that's green okay bam it's there um yeah that is something you can automate And for me also, like, because I, because I'm going back to this, like, um, non-negotiables, if I get to five or six o'clock and I'm like feeling down, feeling gross and like, kind of just feel like cracking a bottle of wine and having some chips or cereal. And I stop and be like, oh, I haven't gone outside or haven't, or maybe I've gone outside, but I haven't like prioritized myself for a walk or a run. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that first. Go for a run, go for a walk literally I would more than nine times out of like 9.9 times out of 10, I come back and I'm like, okay, what am I going to have for dinner now? Like all this stress, which was on me, which I was in my brain was still thinking, oh, I might just like satisfy that by like consuming some food, consuming some wine, doing whatever. All of a sudden I've processed it outside. I've let go of it, movement, exercise, fresh air. And I come back in and I always make a different decision. And I'm a personal trainer. I have healthy habits and I still have to fight that in my head. So it really, all it takes is like a moment of mindfulness. And if you're just on autopilot and you just aren't thinking, you're going to go right into the habit that you currently have. It literally is a moment of like, pause, wait a minute. What have I done? What have I not done today? Okay. And that pause can just be the shift of everything else. Mm -hmm. Again, it's something that you would teach to kids. Like that is something that I've taught to kids in elementary school. Pause before you do this impulsive thing that you keep doing. Uh-huh. Give it a pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny, hey? 
we like to think like we're adults and we're beyond all that, but we're not. We're human beings and the same human being patterns that a five-year-old is going to follow. Although there's a lot more years of experience, a 45, 55, 60, 70-year-old, whatever, if you've built that habit, you've built that habit pattern in your life. It's, it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that you work with, uh, you have a lot of different clients, um, maybe some clients who are moms that have kids at home. This is like moms with kids, school, Zoom school. This is a shit show. How, what advice, what, what suggestions do you have for all the moms out there? So I always look with any of my clients at like, what is the low hanging fruit? So if you're a mom and yeah, you're like, working from home, kids are buzzing everywhere, driving you out of, out of your mind. And you haven't made time for yourself in terms of movement or you're, you know, getting takeout or whatever, because you, you have, you can't make healthy meals because you just don't even have the energy or the time to do that. I would never tell that person to be like, okay, you need to schedule in one hour runs at four times a week. And you're going to do this meal prep and blah, 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 because they're a level a, and I'm trying to get them to level M and it doesn't make any sense. So if you're an a, how do we get to B? Yeah. B once the kids go to sleep, I want you to do 10 minutes of stretching at night before you go to bed. Like, what is the lowest hanging fruit? What is, can you read for 10 minutes a night? Like, where can you claim back 10 to 15 minutes of your time? Can you lock the bathroom door and sit in there for 10 minutes and take some breaths? Like, literally, I think that people think, oh, I need to do this and I need, I need to like, you know, integrate all these things and I'm really not taking care of myself. So I'm going to like do it all. And please don't do it all. Just what is like the smallest thing that you can do well for a week or two weeks and then build from there. And maybe, maybe 10 minutes of stretching at night turns into like, oh, I kind of really like that. Maybe I'm going to wake up 20 minutes earlier and get like, do a little yoga or do a, some sort of like video online, or maybe I'm going to go for a walk before I come back and wake the kids up and get them ready. Um, that can be in the future. You don't have to think about that. All you need to think about right now is like, what is the smallest thing I can do? Maybe uh, when you sit down at night after you put the kids to bed, instead of reaching for a glass of wine or a bag of chips, sit down and have a cup of tea. Mm -hmm. So let's build in another, not even build in. If, if your trigger is kids in sleep, pour glass of wine. That's like, those are the habit pattern. Yep. One finishes, you do the other, you insert a new habit. The habit is you have a glass of, or, or not a glass, you, you have a cup of tea. Yeah. If after the cup of tea, you want wine, then you have wine. Mm -hmm. It's the same as, you know, the other thing where it's not that you can't have one thing. It's not that you can't emotional eat. It's we're inserting something new. Mm -hmm. So whether it's go walk around the block, I like tea because especially in the winter, it's like comforting, it's cozy. Um, and it usually that's what we're trying to get from the food. Um, and we've just built that habit. So for me sitting down with a big mug of tea and it also hydrates too, cause it's, mm -hmm. it's water, especially at night I would choose caffeine free tea. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I would just say, and also I guess linked to that is a lot of moms, I would say, let's be honest, they're the providers they're the go-getters they're the organizers or they're doing everyone, everything for everyone. So they're not used to like aiming small and oh, yeah. you know, they, you're looking at like, how do I do this? And I got to do this. And I'm going to, okay, now I'm going to focus on my health. So it's got to be this big. No, huh? don't do big. Just go small, just go small and do it really well. And then just jump or not jump, just like do steps. Actually, I posted this thing on my Instagram yesterday, I think. And mm -hmm. it was two ladders and oh, one yeah. had six rungs. And there was a person at the bottom looking up, they couldn't even grab the first rung. And then the other ladder had like, 40 rungs. And then the person was climbing up much easier. And it's like, that's, that's the point I'm trying to get to is if you do the smaller steps, it might take a little bit longer. You're going to, they're really small and you're going to climb, but at least you can get going as opposed to not even being able to reach that first rung because you, you've set it too high. Mm -hmm. uh, as you were talking about all this, I just remembered your, the take back 15. Do take you back 20. Take back 20. Take back 20. <laughs> 20. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. But that, that started at your, when you were in your corporate job. Um, yeah, yeah, it did. It started because I was working in my like nine to five job and I was, had my business on the side and I really wanted to try and grow it, but I was just kind of maxed in terms of training clients. And like, there's a point where you're working in your business versus on your business, but obviously you need to work on your business for it to grow. And so I just started sectioning 20 minutes of time a day in my calendar with a very specific to-do task uh, so that when I sat down at the end of the day and I was exhausted, it could be like, oh, okay, I need to like update my waiver. Okay, boom, 
did that for the day. It's not like this massive thing, I, all these things I need to do in my business, but at least I did that one thing. And so if I was reclaiming 20 minutes of my day for me, for my business. And then by the end of the week, it was like, oh shoot, I got all this stuff done in my business. It's fantastic. Whereas like years prior, it had just been like, just keep my head above water. Now I actually felt like I was able to make a little bit of traction. So that kind of shifted into what I'm trying to encourage people to do with their health and their nutrition is like, what can you do that's just 20 minutes a day for yourself? And I think that so many people give every moment of their day to others, to their spouses, to their kids, way too much time to their careers. Um, and let's be honest, your boss is not going to be like, Hey, Jacqueline, um, can you please stop working through lunch and take your lunch? Uh, Hey, can you stop at four 30? Because you have a life outside of this. I really don't want you working past the regular work hours. Nobody's going to do that. Your boss is not going to do that. If you were over delivering, they are benefiting. Nobody is going to tell you to put up boundaries. You need to put up boundaries. Mm. And I think that people are really committed to their jobs, which is awesome. That's awesome. Employers want really committed people who are passionate about what they do. That's not a negative, but what is a negative? is when all of your life is given to your employer because let's be honest we are replaceable and if people don't take back 20 minutes for themselves I think that that's not a good thing so my take back 20 was around like you know you're entitled most people I guess it depends where you work you're entitled to at least 30 minutes for lunch most employers probably an hour can you at least take 20 minutes for yourself go for a walk can you take 20 minutes and like move away from your email and eat your lunch and so that's where kind of the take back 20 was like reclaim that time in your schedule, in your life, um, ideally during the day, but maybe it's in the evening. Maybe it's like asking your partner, Hey, can you do the bedtime routine tonight? Because I need this 20 minutes to myself. Um, and kind of like putting your elbows out a bit and, and finding the, the personal boundaries to be like, this is important. And I need this time. 20 minutes out of 24 hours in the day does not seem like a big ask. I don't think. No, no. And I think the older that I get, the more I'm like, oh, this is why your life sucks because you didn't set a boundary. Mm. Let people mm -hmm. walk all over you. It's not even their fault. It's your fault no. that you hadn't set those boundaries up. But once those boundaries are crossed and you're like, I don't like this, you're like, oh, this is why I have to speak up for myself. Otherwise, it's, it's, I'm going to keep getting walked over. Yeah. And I mean, no wonder people push back when you put up boundaries because it negatively affects them, right? Like any, any, if someone's giving me a whole bunch of extra value for my money or time, yeah, of course I don't want them to take that away. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't respect that at some point and come around and be like, okay, I see what that person's doing. But of course there's going to be a little bit of pushback in the beginning. Cause you're like, Hey, wait a minute, but you always did this thing. Why are you not doing it now? You know? So I think that, and like what I uh, said before is that no one's going to do it for you. It's, you really need to, to stand up and do that for yourself. And actually to your point, Jacqueline of like, wouldn't you want to teach your child mm. to do that, to, to stand up for themselves and have healthy boundaries and advocate for themselves. So all the things that we would want for those younger than us, yeah. like, yeah, we should be practicing and modeling them in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back a little bit. You were talking about the wine Mm. You're pouring the wine and the tea and you said something about habits, um, the, the feeling that we want, like the cozy and comforting feeling. Mm -hmm. And so when my, when I started to realize this, like, it's not the thing that you want, it's, it's the feeling, it's the emotion mm. or the physical. Can you talk more about that and explain? Yeah. Yeah. So lots of times when I am coaching my clients, we'll all, they'll send me like a photo of what they're eating or, you know, that's just a, it's an accountability piece that I do with my coaching for my clients. So they'll send me a picture of like, I don't know, glass of tea or not tea, a glass of wine and like a scone or a cookie or something. And I'm like, okay, are you full? How did you feel? How do you feel now? And like, how do you feel emotionally, but also like, how do you feel physically? And so sometimes my clients would be like, uh, it was good in the moment, but actually now my gut feels really gross and I feel kind of bloated. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And it's not a judgment piece. It's literally a like, let's collect data around this. You ate this and now you feel like this. Cool. And, and then sometimes the conversation just ends right there because that's enough for the client to realize, crap, why did it, like, why am I going to keep eating this thing if it makes me feel this way? You know? And so on the flip side of that is, thinking about, you know, if a client was like, oh, I, I ate this and it felt so good and it was delicious and it was so yummy. Sometimes, okay, great. 
that we want to eat food that's delicious and yummy. That's totally fine. But if you're eating it because it's a stress release and it's filling that void and hitting, hitting your brain in a way that you're like, oh yeah, that's what I needed. It's like, can we do that in another way? Like, is there another way to get that kind of like endorphin hit? Is there another way to, to get that stress release to do whatever? And I think that when we look at emotions and habits and patterns without the emotional draw, I don't know how you look at emotions, you detach from your emotions, mm-hmm. right? You look at it as, as data, as information, and you try not to let it get so personal. Then we're able to look at like, okay, how can we, how can we shift and change this? Um, but I think when people just get so caught up in it and it goes back to not being mindful, um, then it's really hard to shift because we're, we're just so wound up in it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? I feel like that was a little bit of a long-winded answer. No. Yeah, it is like the, but it's like, yeah, you eat something because you want to feel warm and cozy or happy. You want to feel happy. You eat this thing because you feel sad. Yeah. You want to feel happy. Okay. Is there another way that you can feel happy besides just this? This thing isn't, it's not bad to eat cake. It's yes. Not, you have your menu of options like you talked about. Yeah. The other thing, um, this is going also into the emotional eating piece because let's be honest, I, I think all of us have some emotional eating issues, but certainly I think almost every client that comes to me has some deeper emotional eating issues um, is lots of times they're say, okay, I'm feeling really stressed and blah, blah, blah. And we just talk about it. I'm like, okay, so tell me about that. And like, can you journal tonight? Can you go for a walk and think about that? Like, I think that we looked for food or alcohol or Netflix to numb those feelings. And there's a lot of value in being in those feelings and not looking for a way to escape them because if you escape it you're just like throwing a blanket over the pile of laundry in the room it's still there yeah like how about you actually like go through it and you fold it and you put stuff away and you kind of like oh crap i have some socks that don't match okay what am i gonna do with these like you need to deal with it if you just try and mask it it literally will always be there and no wonder people get on these like cycles of like diet and off and diet and off and binge and not because you're not dealing with the stuff the actual Um, thing Yeah, exactly. So I think that um, thinking about like the food and what is the, what are you trying to get from it or what is it providing or not providing? And if it's just a mask for an emotion, well, pause, stop there. Don't keep going. Let's, let's unpack that. And um, yeah, I think that people noticing those habit patterns is really key. So lots of times in my coaching, um, people won't have a lot of quote unquote progress in the first two to three months, because a lot of it is just acknowledgement. Like we need to know, I need to know where they're at, but they also need to know where they're at to see these habit patterns, to see uh, why they're doing something. And even just being like, okay, I was super stressed yesterday. So we would check in the following day. I was super stressed yesterday. I ate all these cookies. I drank half a bottle of wine. I kind of lashed out at my spouse, blah, 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 blah. And just realizing you were stressed. So you did this. That right there is like the lesson in the day. And it's, it's just the mindfulness around it because now we can start to look to how do we replace those habits? How do we shift things? But if you don't even know what your triggers are, if you don't even know X is happening, so then Y happens, then we can't even start to unpack that. Yeah. I think that's huge. And even the fact that like you just saying that, like some clients do not like progress on the external because they have all this internal stuff that they have to sort through. And mm-hmm. the sorting through that stuff is huge because we can just mask it and just weigh the food, mm-hmm. weigh the food and get the external like physical transformation. But if you don't deal with that internal stuff, you're going to come right back to it in a few months. Yeah. Yeah, I can give someone a meal plan. Sure. I can write you, tell you what you want, what give you recipes, tell you what to buy and you can go eat that food. But like, I'm not teaching you anything. You're not learning anything. All you're learning is the exact amount of calories and foods to buy. So you can lose a little bit of weight. I don't think that's sustainable unless you're always going to follow my meal plan for the rest of your life. And that's freaking boring. I don't want anyone living like that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, as we get into the darker days of winter and the new year, anything else you want to leave people with? Mm, I think in like during winter, yeah, the biggest thing I can say is movement. Uh, and I know like I live on the West coast, so it's rainy a lot. It's dark early. And for one of my clients in particular, I remember I was talking to her like a 
couple of weeks ago, I said, your goal for this week is to get out for a walk and to find something that you enjoy in the walk. Find something that's beautiful. Like find, look how pretty the raindrops are in the trees or like just look at the vibrant colors of green. Or like if you're in the, you know, in the depths of winter, like look at how the snow is sparkling. Like you need to find some positive component of it. Otherwise you're not going to do it. And you need to not think about, I'm doing this because I need to get my 10,000 steps. It's like, look at how beautiful this is. Think, think about how great that fresh air feels in your lung. And so talking about like the emotion linked to food, let's try and put a positive emotion linked to the walk. Because the more we can create a positive correlation with outdoor movement, the more likely you are to repeat that. Because as human beings, we like to do things that are positive, that we feel good doing. We don't like to do things that make us feel negative or that are hard. We like to take the easy route. So if you can make the positive connection with movement outside, uh, whether it's like, look for a cute dog every walk. And so every day you're like, okay, let's see what dogs I'm going to see today. You know, like maybe that's it. Or maybe you see an old person walking by, old person, that sounded rude. <laughs> maybe you see a senior person walking by and you smile at them. And that's your positive thing because we're all kind of slightly isolated during COVID and maybe a smile from a stranger on the street is like something that's a gift that you can give to someone else to kind of perk up their day. And so that can be your, your positive, like to do on your walk. So I think looking for something positive in your outdoor movement to create that like neural pathway pattern around positivity and movement is key. Um, and, and would get you through winter when maybe you don't feel like going outside. And if you haven't built that habit, you probably don't feel like going outside when it's pouring rain or if it's minus 20 or whatever. Um, the other thing that I personally really advocate for is taking vitamin D in the winter. So I, I, I don't know if it's placebo effect, please do your own research, make your own decisions on any sort of like, you know, nutrition supplements you're going to take. But for me, I started doing that several years ago and I felt a big improvement in my mood uh, and my motivation. So I take vitamin D from, I would say October, November until like April, because we don't get, we, uh, our body makes vitamin D from the sun and we don't get as much sun. Um, so, you know, it's something that you could try and see if you're, if you react positively to that. Um, and I, the other thing, but this one, I guess maybe the third thing is a little bit harder due to COVID because depending on where you are and like restrictions and stuff like that. But if you can have a walking buddy, um, you know, if there's someone, most people, most people need more movement. Most people need more motivation. So if you're struggling getting out the door, chances are you have a friend who's also struggling getting out the door. So if you just make it your once a day or once a week plan to like meet up and walk, and again, depends on what your restrictions are, but if you're allowed to walk at a distance and chat and stuff like that, it, like that's one of the few things that we can do in Vancouver anyway, that's reasonable. Um, so if that is an option, if, if it's not an option, then at least you can have an accountability check-in with a friend, right? It can be like, did you go for your walk today? Yeah, I did. Did you? So that sometimes can just be enough to, to kind of get the tires spinning until you, until you get more momentum. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Where's the best place uh, for people to find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram. I'm Marisa J May. There's only one S in my first name. Um, or on F Facebook, it's motivated movement, personal training. Um, and, or that's also my website too, motivated movement, personal training, or sorry, motivated movement PT. That's it. <laughs> I'll put the link in the show notes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. This is great. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Hey, quick reminder. If you are that person that did not stick to things in 2020 because, I don't know, it was 2020, and you'd like to be that person who sticks to things in 2021, click the link in the show notes, schedule a call, let's chat a little bit more about your growth and what it can do for you, how you can become the person that you want to be, become the person that you need to be to create the life that you want to live, your growth. You can go to www.imperfecteating.com slash Y-O-G. 2021 or click the link in the show notes to schedule a call. We'll chat soon.